Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. It's been like three, four days since I last streamed because I was there uh, and I got to meet a bunch of you there. And uh, that was really great. We have some really big news to talk about today. As you can imagine, Putin gave his uh, federal assembly speech today. And um, and but before we get into any of the news, because it, there is a lot, uh, we're not going to have a super long stream because tonight uh, or, you know, depending on where you are in the world to, in the morning. Uh, but tonight for me. Uh, I at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time, which is in T minus two hours, I will be doing a uh, a live 25 minute to enter 20, 25 minute interview with Vladimir Soloviev on Soloviev Live, uh, which is the number one news and talk show in Russia. So I'm going to be on uh, this show. Uh, you can find it if you're in Russia. If you're in Russia, you can find it, you know, on TV. Uh, broadcasted to millions of people. If you are online, if you're not in Russia, I'm sure there's a way to find it. It's also on countless Russian radio stations. Uh, but if you know you're if you're not there, or if you're not in a state that broadcasts this show, uh, Vladimir Soloviev show, I will definitely be getting the full clip, and I will be you know I'll, I'll ask them if I can upload it to my YouTube show. Okay, so uh, we got a lot going on. I'm very honored to be on. Yeah, I see people saying Soloviev. I watch him every night. I'm very honored to be uh, invited on his program. And uh, we actually had a crazy last couple days. I mean, uh, yesterday, I almost canceled my flight back to LA because uh, Tucker's team reached out and they were asking me if I could come on uh, for Tucker Carlson tonight, last night, uh, to talk about the Rage Against the War Machine rally. And... Um, and, you know, Tulsi Gabbard happened to be available. So they, you know, Tulsi got got the slot. But I don't I don't I don't have I don't have beef with Tulsi over that. Definitely not jealous. Definitely not jealous that she got the slot. But <laughs> no, no, they're great. So, um, yeah, let, let's actually just talk about the rally first and then we'll get into the news because we do have um well, Biden spoke in Poland. He went so he went to Kiev and he went to Poland. We're going to talk about his speech in Poland. Uh, Putin gave his big federal assembly speech today. Uh, China Russia relations. We're going to discuss uh, because Secretary Blinken made a threat essentially to China over this a red line threat. Um, we might cover that story. We're going to cover this story. I've I've I just have like this uh, crazy update about all things insane in the Ukraine. Uh, Jeffrey Sachs and Ray McGovern spoke at the United Nations Security Council today. And while I couldn't find Jeffrey Sachs's speech at the um, or comment on at the at the UN Security Council online, we did. I could find Ray McGovern's and it was great. And I want to watch that or a portion of it, at least with you. If we have time, we might have to push that for till tomorrow. But it was a great, great speech. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the Rage Against the War Machine rally right now. So thank you all for tuning in. Z's in the chat. Uh, tell me one last thing before we get into it. Where's everyone tuning in from tonight? Let's see it. Let's see. Uh, fire off in the live chat. Sound off. Roll call. Let's see where everyone's tuning in from. Who is the furthest from Los Angeles right now? I know we, we already got um, the individual who sent in the, the rumble rant, I believe, was tuning in from Puerto Rico, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly. Uh, so we got people already from Puerto Rico. Where else do we have people tuning in from right now? Let's see it in the live chat. Okay, we got... Oregon, we've got New York City, we've got uh, Arizona, Florida, we've got Toronto, Brazil, uh, we've got Bosnia, Virginia, El Salvador, Moldova. Oh, we got we're gonna cover a big story about Moldova tomorrow. Thailand, 
and I'm sure you know what it is. Malaysia, Tennessee, India, Argentina, Nevada, Nova Scotia, Australia. We've got who else? We got Scotland, South Africa, Paris. We've got uh, Russia, Slovenia. Uh, we've got New Zealand, Eritrea. We've got um, Eritrea, however you say it, Bahamas. We've got Russia, Russia, Vegas, Calgary. We got Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia, Zimbabwe, Jamaica, Tallahassee, Michigan, Kenya, Bahamas. We got people from all across the world. Egypt, Morocco, Kenya, Solana Beach, not too far. Gambia, Sri Lanka, San Juan Capistrano, not too far, not too far. Philippines, let's do let's do three more. Uh, we've got let's do three more. Sweden, we've got Sweden, we've got Ireland. And we've got Tonga and Iran. Okay, so we got people from all across the world, every single continent pretty much tuning in. Thank you all for being here. Let's get into the show. This is Dive, okay? So, look, this weekend I was gone. I was at the Rage Against the War Machine rally presented and organized by the People's Party and the Libertarian Party in Washington, D.C. We met at about 11, 12, 12 noon uh, at the Lincoln Memorial. And we were greeted by, I'd say, about four to 5,000 people, which is definitely not as big as it should be when you're talking about the only real true anti-war rally that's been held uh, to oppose this nuclear Armageddon, you know, the, the precipice of mutually assured destruction that we currently find ourselves on. Uh, but I was pleased to see so many amazing uh, people there, so many amazing people there. And it was crazy because, you know, I've spoken at rallies before. I've gone to like things where I know I'm going to have a sympathetic audience before. But the level of enthusiasm there on on Sunday and the amount of, uh, you know, viewers and supporters and um, friends that I saw all of you there, it was just crazy. Like, like I'd walk up to the barricade and it was like it was like 10 people would all want to talk and like shake my hand and take pictures and stuff. And uh well, I, I will say that it, it does make you feel good. Uh, but what made me feel even better was the fact that we had so many amazing speakers, so many organizations. I started off my speech by uh, pointing out something that was real that I really saw there. I mean, I saw everyone there. I saw libertarians, uh, communists. Uh, I saw I, even even like liberals. I saw a DSA flag out there. So I saw a liberal, at least one liberal there. I saw um I saw we saw People's Party, we saw conservatives, paleo conservatives, right wingers. We saw um, we 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 saw we saw literally I saw people with gay pride flags there. I saw people who I know don't support the the pride movement. We saw uh, we saw lots of people there. We saw Russians there. We I met uh, you know I met Ukrainians there. I met people from Ukraine there. Uh, literally everyone that you could put Larouche, uh, you know Larouche Schiller Institute people were there. Anyone that you could think of that is. Um, and not a like a true diehard like MSNBC liberal or a neocon was there in support. But then, of course, we had liberals and neocons that came out to support and Nazis that came out or not not to support to um, to, to try and heckle there were a few and far between. But they were there. But it was really incredible to see that many people. So we had a bunch of speakers uh, and then we marched to the White House and it was a great, great showing. Um, thank you again to Nick Brana and everyone at the Libertarian Party uh, as well who put on this event. So, um, you know, the reason why I think this is so important is because, again, um, everyone was trying to paint out this rally as some like 
kook fest where it was going to be a bunch of crazies and you know uh well i mean we are crazy let's be real i'm crazy but you know it got covered on fox news prime time tucker covered it the night before he said everyone go uh and then it got covered the day after the event as well so it got covered um so so it got covered anyways uh sorry i had to check something real quick so it got covered on fox news primetime it got covered on msnbc primetime it got covered on 200 200 plus local news stations uh four presidential candidates spoke at the event dennis kucinich uh jill stein of the green party we had tulsi gabbard who is a former democrat that spoke at the event and the one the only ron paul spoke at the event so and and jimmy Dore spoke of course as well who should be a presidential candidate so i'll throw him in the mix but look i mean um, they say, oh, it was so insignificant. It was such an insignificant event. It's like, really, was it? Because why are you dedicating all this time on primetime news to it? And why is Google censoring it? If you look it up on Google, it, I don't know if it still does, but it said like, oh, search results on this are new. And we're, you know, we're, we're stifling the results. It was some, I'm paraphrasing. It was something to that effect, you know? Um, but anyways, I'm not going to play my speech because I uploaded my speech today. Here's a brief little snippet of it though, from the tail end. What I need you all to do from this point onward, is to continue this energy you have here today. Fight the information war. Demand not one more bullet, not one more tank, not one more gun, not one more piece of artillery, not one more dollar, not one more penny be sent to the Nazis in Ukraine. Demand peace. What? I so that's that was basically the sentiment of my speech. Um, you know, I had a bit of a controversial appearance there, I guess. And you guys know about that. Some of my haters were out in full force. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I appreciate the dedication. I appreciate the dedication here. All my haters are always like the ugliest motherfuckers on the planet. But I do appreciate the dedication. Uh, Jackson Hinkle likes, I'm assuming that says war and mass graves as something Russia is on offense. So need to work on your English, but I appreciate the effort nonetheless. Uh, the haters were out in full force. Um, <laughs> so here's a, here's Ron Paul speaking at the event. You know, you can see this is about half the crowd over here. And then there was another whole half over here. Um, and there's Tulsi Gabbard speaking at the event. Uh, this is us on the march to uh, the White House, you know, as we're, we're crossing over the street there. Uh, lots of people. So this is MSNBC. Rachel Maddow covered the event. Let's take a look at what she had to say. And I mean truly random rally on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. A rally in support of Russia, I guess, with all, given all the Russian flags, at least a rally against the U.S. supporting Ukraine in trying to stand up against the Russian invasion of their country. This was a tiny event. It was small. It was a weird assemblage of Americans. There of course, they show like photos of like the least populated areas before the event even started. So it looked like it was like not a lot of people. There were Proud Boys there. There were some of the white supremacist groups you'd recognize from the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Yes, everyone was a white supremacist there. Uh, you know, notorious white supremacist Garland Nixon spoke at the event and I uh, got to meet him in person. That was great. Uh, you know, <laughs> a few years ago, um, also represented prominently the remains of the bizarre Lyndon LaRouche cult. There were Lyndon LaRouche cult sounds bizarre until you actually listen to what Lyndon LaRouche had to say for the most part. There were a lot of people with Russian flags, also the occasional flag of the former Soviet Union. Based. Based. Although this guy, I don't know what's going 
What's going on with this guy right here? This is this is this is very larpy. This is you're larping too hard, bro. But nonetheless, base flag, okay. Also, at least one person who guest hosts for Tucker Carlson on the Fox News channel was there as a featured speaker. There were anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists, a lot of them. There were cryptocurrency promoters. It was a really weird group. It was a small rally and a weird- Small small rally. Okay, okay, small rally. I want Rachel Maddow to- I want Rachel Maddow to see how many of her followers will show up if she says I'm going to be speaking at the Lincoln Memorial uh, in like in like 50 degree weather on a Sunday afternoon. I'm just curious how many of your followers will show up because you have 10 million followers on Twitter, but you struggle to get 500 likes on your tweets. Something tells me people don't like you as much as you think they like you. Um, but that's what it looks like. That's the assemblage of short straws and split ends and loose change and loose electrons that's advocating in this country that Russia's in the right in this war and America should be on Putin's side as he keeps invading other countries. I mean, no disrespect to the Americans who turned out as part of this small event this weekend, but it's it's not like they represent a big constituency that is arguing uh, for this pro-Russia know. point of view. I don't know. And listen, I mean all the disrespect in the world when I say to the Americans like Rachel Maddow, uh, who, you know, have this sort of view about our amazing event that took place this week. And the reason why we Americans sympathize with Russia is in large part due to the imperialist lies that ghouls like you have either orchestrated or spread about Russia for years. So thank you for the shout out. We appreciate the coverage on MSNBC primetime. It really does mean a lot. Uh, You know, Jimmy Dore said about that video, he said, war pick Rachel Maddow will never tell her audience the CIA instigated a coup of Ukraine in 2014 and installed a puppet aligned with actual not, well, actually not aligned with actual Nazis. They were actual Nazis. Only Tonya Tonya Book was an actual Nazi and then blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Instead, she lies about peace activists so her audience stays pro-war. Exactly. And look, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised at this sort of coverage from the person who made her entire career the Russiagate hoax. (laughs) Who made her entire career the Russiagate hoax and actually lied so aggressively and vociferously in, in favor and defense of the vaccine that the comments she made about the vaccine in support of the vaccine actually violate YouTube TOS because of how fraudulently, fraudulently pro uh, jab they were that because she lied so hard in defense of the vaccine that it actually violates YouTube TOS. Of course, YouTube never took down her video um, in which she made up those lies. I'm not going to say them because I don't want to get taken down by YouTube uh, community guidelines team. But, you know, I, I'm not really surprised, you know, Russia Gator. Rachel Maddow has beef about uh, individuals who are trying to have a fair, balanced and nuanced view of the war in Russia and Ukraine by taking a look at the context of what actually unfolded over the past past decade, uh, past several decades, you know, since the demise of the Soviet Union. We've tried to look at history, something that Rachel Maddow seems incapable of doing and every single staffer and writer at MSNBC seems incapable of doing. And because of that, we arrived at a conclusion that differs greatly from hers. So there you have it. Uh, Rage Against the War Machine rally. Look, it was great. It was amazing. I am so pumped after that. If you were there, I'm sure you feel that same energy. And we are going to continue the fight. 
And uh, this is, I know it's like cliche to say, this is just the beginning, but I really, I mean, knowing what I know about what people are planning and what's going on, uh, what I know people are doing today, today, there was members of uh, the, uh, you know, the Schiller Institute, which are, you know, LaRouche uh, aligned individuals who were working with People's Party volunteers, uh, as well as Code Pink volunteers. So shout out to Code Pink as well. So Schiller Institute, People's Party, Code Pink, about 40 different volunteers and organizers hit the halls of Congress today, uh, taking the momentum of the Rage Against the War Machine rally into the offices of our senators and our representatives in the United States Congress to demand peace negotiations and to halt NATO's World War III. So, um, you know, Congress felt the heat today. And if they didn't feel it on Sunday, they felt it today. And uh, we're going to be following some developments that I've been made aware of very closely because I think there's some pretty amazing stuff that's going to be coming down the line. I mean, anything could happen. You know, I'm not holding my breath. But from what I heard today, uh, it seems like there's some very interesting developments taking place amongst uh, several members of the United States Congress related to the Nord Stream pipeline and further funding for the proxy world war in Ukraine. So uh, more on that in the days to come, but thank you to everyone who came out and thank you to everyone who made the event as amazing as it was. All right, so on that note, we got a lot more news to get into, so let's let's do just that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in if you're watching. Of course, be sure to drop a like. We've got like 3,500 people on YouTube, but only like 1,000 likes, So, and we got 1,000 people on Rumble. It's good to have you all here. Thank you so much for tuning in. By the way, if you guys haven't joined my Telegram yet, I would love it if you did so right now because... When I get censored from platforms, when I get censored from wherever, Telegram is the only place where you can find me, and it's the only place you can find me for now truly uncensored. So click that link in the in the live chat right now and join our Telegram. It's free to do. There's about 10,000 people in there. It's a great community, so uh, go join right now. And of course, if you'd like to support the show, I have my locals, my Patreon, and my Gibson go in the description. And, uh, you know... Every uh, every dollar, every donation really does help because YouTube has permanently demonetized my account. Anyways, let's get into the next story here because this is uh, we're going to get into the Putin story probably after this next story. Um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. So. Uh, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. So. I've never really felt a whole lot of uh, trust in our government, even when I was, you know, not not the, the I, I didn't have the political worldview I have today. I still didn't trust the government. I had far different views about what was going on in the world, but I still didn't trust the government. And I think most Americans probably feel that way, regardless of where they fall on the political spectrum, where they fall on, you know, class lines. They probably really don't trust the government. The only people who should trust the government to do their bidding is the military industrial complex, the top one tenth of one percent richest Americans, bankers and um, mega corporations, transnational corporations. OK, so and depopulation enthusiasts. So th those are pretty much like the only people that uh, that I, I really think should trust the government. OK, otherwise, don't trust the government. All right. But especially now, because if you've seen the news over the past several weeks, you know, inching us closer and closer to World War III, first of all, I, there's no reason for you to have any sort of trust or faith in these people. I mean, take a look at this story right here. So, um, 
you guys remember this. Everyone said, oh, Chinese spy balloon, Chinese spy balloon, Chinese spy balloon. And I know, we know it's a weather balloon now. We know that. Uh, U.S. intelligence has confirmed it to be such. But also, it just so happens that the string of other balloons that were found in United States' airspace uh, over the following days after the Chinese weather balloon was shot down actually weren't weather balloons. They weren't unidentified flying objects. They were, uh, this was all a psyop, like I was saying, you know, they were saying they're UFOs, they're UFOs. And I came out here and I said, look, they're not UFOs, but if they were UFOs, what are you going to do about it? What is it? What are we gonna, What are we going to do about an alien invasion? Come on, we're acting like we're going to do something about this. No, they weren't UFOs. They weren't aliens. They weren't any of that stuff. The government knew full and well what they were. And it just so happens that uh, what we shot down were uh, hobbyist uh, balloons, Pico balloons. So th this right here. Okay. So our government shot down a Pico balloon with heat seeking AIM 9X Sidewinder missiles, which are worth over $400,000 each. Do you trust your government or do you trust them to enrich the CEOs and the shareholders of the military industrial complex? A rhetorical question, I know, but I mean, look at, look at how insane this is a Pico balloon. This is like a hot, like a, you know, old 70, 80 year old grandpas are shooting these up into the sky and our government just shot down one of these or multiple of these with $400,000 heat seeking missiles. Okay. And I don't know. It just, it not only makes me feel um, like I have a lack of faith and trust in the competency of our government and the ambitions of our own government, but also it does, it does cause me to worry. It's like, well, let's say hypothetically, we do piss off China and Russia enough, and we do threaten them enough and threaten their sovereignty and their humanity enough to the point where they feel like they need to launch some sort of an attack on the United States. Uh, I don't think we're cut out for the job to protect our own country. I don't think our military is cut out for the job. We can't shoot down or we're struggling to shoot down and identify hobbyist Pico balloons and we shoot them down with $400,000 heat seeking missiles. What? Okay. Next thing you know, they're going to be shooting down like the 10 year old's kite, uh, in Orange County, California, you know? So, um, yeah, those balloons we shot down were completely benign. All right. Well, if it, if it makes it, you know, if it makes you feel any better, uh, German leaders also are not that equipped to handle the various crises that Western leaders have created over the past two decades. I mean, take a look at this right here. This is uh, Annalena Baerbock uh, of Germany. She came out and said that, what? That Russia needs, Putin needs to do a 360 degree turn in the direction he's in now to stop World War III? What? You have been asked before, but I would still uh, like to hear your answer is, is there any chance of Ukraine being safe in the long term? if Vladimir Putin is still leading Russia? If he doesn't change by what, 360 degrees, no. But if he, if he doesn't change by 360 degrees, then no. Well, of course, the Russians had a good laugh at this one. Dmitry Polyansky, first deputy permanent representative of Russia to the United Nations, a man who's been on our show and gonna be on our show very soon, the start of the new month, 
Uh, he came out and he said, looks like the West has finally understood and embraced the reasons of our special military operation in Ukraine. We have no problem in a 360 degree change of its direction. Thank you for the support, dear teacher of geometry, Miss Baerbuck. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's score one to zero for the Russians, for Russian diplomats. Uh, Germany taking a huge L there. Just what, what, what an idiot. What an idiot she is. If they don't make us 360 degree turns, and no, Ukraine will not be safe. You, well, it, you know, German, you know, military leaders are not that apt, and uh, neither are United States military officials by their own admission. Because here is the uh, Department of, I believe, Department of Defense spokesperson John Kirby discussing the war in Ukraine. Uh, with a journalist who actually had a reasonable question about what NATO is doing um, to Russia right now. Take a listen. To look at this and say the reason that the Russian army is on NATO, uh, the, the Russian army is at NATO's doorstep is because NATO has expanded rather than the, the Russians expanding. That, in other words, NATO has moved closer to Russia rather than Russia moving closer to NATO. Is that not an accurate way to look at this? I think that's the way President Putin probably looks at it. It's certainly not but the way that we look at it. You don't you don't think that NATO has expanded eastward toward Russia? NATO has expanded. Okay. And, and the expansion so the has reason, been a good thing for... So the reason that the Russian army is at NATO's doorstep is not the fault of the Russian army. Not the, it's not the Russian army that's done it. It's NATO has moved closer to move east. I'm pretty east. sure it wasn't NATO who was ordering you know, upwards of 15 battalion tactical groups to within 10 kilometers of the border with Ukraine. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't NATO who put little green men. You're right. You're right. NATO ordered Ukraine to put 60,000 Ukrainian troops right along the border. You're right. And increase shelling in the Donbass. You're right. And to kill 15,000 Donbass civilians over the past eight years. You're right. You're right. It was NATO partners who launched a coup on Ukraine in both 2014 and 2004. You're right. And inside Ukraine to destabilize okay. Eastern well, I'm states. I'm pretty sure that Ukraine is not a member of NATO. So unless that's changed. It's not, it's not okay. changed. But I'm so, pretty sure the movement by Russia is has NATO, has, If NATO has moved east, the reason that the Russian army is closer or on NATO's doorstep is because NATO moved. Not NATO is not an, an anti-Russia alliance. NATO is a security alliance. Unfortunately, for... NATO is not an anti-Russia alliance. NATO is a security alliance. Well, we're going to hear the journalist's response to this in in one second. But first, I mean, I just have to take a dig at the uh, is a security alliance claim there. I mean, was was NATO was NATO protecting, uh, you know, uh, Atlantic security when they bombed Libya or when they bombed Iraq? You know, were they were they protecting? Was was that what was going on there? What about uh, the NATO bombings of Yugoslavia? Is that protect? Is that security? Is that defense? No, obviously not. Fifty years, it was an anti-Soviet alliance. So Where's do you not Soviet understand it? So do you not understand how, or can you not even see how the Russians would perceive it as a as a threat? And the fact that it keeps getting closer to their border, while their troops, I mean, the the places where their troops are, you say their troops are and may may have been in Ukraine and Georgia. Are not NATO members. I don't have. I'm not going to pretend to know what goes in President Putin's mind or Russian military commanders. I mean, okay. I barely got a history degree at the University of South Florida. Right. What I can tell you, what I can tell you is that is that uh, NATO is a defensive alliance. It remains a defensive alliance. Fair enough, but it has moved east. Correct. I mean, that's just yeah. a it fact. It has expanded. He barely barely got a history degree at the University of South Florida. Well, I can't really talk because you know I didn't go to college. But what I can say is I think if I did go to college, I'd probably fare quite well in a history class. 
And uh, I'm not saying it's a it should be a qualification of a of a leader to graduate college to you know serve in a position such as the spokesperson of the uh, Department of Defense. All I'm saying is that maybe you should know a thing or two about history because that's really my that's really my qualm with the whole statement here is I don't claim to, he says, I don't claim to know a thing or two about, you know, the history when you're literally starting a war based on your lack of knowledge of said history. Absolutely. Right, exactly. But and there's so no the reason... reason for anybody to think the expansion is a hostile or threatening move. Regardless. And we've been saying that throughout the last 15 years, Regardless, man. It's like getting, you're, you're, mo you're moving closer to Russia. You're blaming the Russians for being close to NATO. No, 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 no. That's, that's exactly what Hegel said. We're blaming the Russians for violating the territorial integrity of Ukraine and destabilizing okay. the security Which situation. Which is not a NATO member. Which is not a NATO member. I, I, I see Other you countries feel threatened. Yeah. Other countries feel threatened. Well, didn't we just establish at the start of that conversation that Russia feels threatened as well, according to Putin? I, I think so. I think so. Well, anyways, um, it, it really it just really is something that this is where we're at. I don't have any faith in our government. And it's why I'm really not surprised that they're continuing to double down on the madness that we're watching unfold in Ukraine right now. Continue to double down. I mean, look at who we're supporting in Ukraine. This guy right here, Zelensky, came out today and, and tried to snipe at, uh, at Berlusconi in Italy because Berlusconi has come out and said very positive things about Putin, Russia, and the Russian special military operation. He said, I don't think Berlusconi's house has ever been bombed. He's never had tanks in his garden. Nobody has ever murdered his relatives. He's never had to pack in a hurry and flee at 3 a.m., all thanks to Russia's brotherly love. Does Zelensky not know that Berlusconi was born in 1936? Does he not know that? I mean... I know he's old, but like born in 1936, he literally would have witnessed RAF and USAAF bombing the shit out of Milan in 1943 and 1944 as a kid. So I think Berlusconi does know a thing or two about what's going on right now. Okay. Ukrainian president has also now officially just banned the former president's uh, party. The party of regions was outlawed just a day after Joe Biden praised Kiev's democracy. What a democratic nation. Okay, what a democratic nation. Here's some Democrats, uh, apparently, according to Joe Biden, that are fighting on the front in Ukraine right now for the glory of Ukraine. Um, Ukrainian Nazis doing a Nazi salute as they say something about glorifying Nazism. Take a listen. They said Slavia, Slava Nazis, right? And then, you know, they gave their Nazi salute. So that that's uh, that's Ukraine. Brave democracy, apparently, in Ukraine. Then, of course, we have uh, our good friend Kurt, the Ukrainian uh, commander who was wearing the ISIS patch last week. We did a story on that. We covered that. Well, he got in trouble because he was wearing an ISIS patch and everyone in the news saw it. The Associated Press posted photos and videos of it. And now he's had to explain why he was wearing an ISIS patch. And if you can believe it, his uh, explanation was this right here. Good evening. My name is Kurt and I am recording this video about this patch that is now used by Russian media. Uh, Kurt, no, it's not used by Russian media. It was published by the Associated Press. Uh, used in mass by their propaganda against the armed forces of Ukraine. Yes, this patch was seen on my uniform. 
I put it on after we captured enemy positions and I acquired this patch at Wagner positions. I'm not part of ISIS. I am a Christian. Uh, and I have been in the AFU since the beginning of the war. <laughs> oh my God. He's saying he stole it from Wagner. That That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. So, you know, claiming that he stole it from Wagner mercenaries after he presumably killed a Wagner. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. Why are you wearing an ISIS patch, Kurt? Kurt? Why are you wearing it? Okay, let's say hypothetically, and it's all bullshit. It's complete bullshit. But let's say hypothetically, Kurt, you did kill a Wagner fighter who was wearing or was carrying an ISIS patch. Maybe, you know, he was carrying, hypothetically was carrying it because he killed ISIS in Syria. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying hypothetically. I don't believe your story, but hypothetically. Why would you put it on when you have the Associated Press filming you, Kurt? Why are you wearing it? <laughs> okay. So that's who we're sending our money to right now. That's who we're sending our money to right now. But, you know, don't don't look at don't look at Kurt, don't look at his ISIS patch because it's actually it's actually not Kurt who is committing the atrocities. It is uh it's 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 Russia. As Kamala Harris pointed out, she said, you know, Russia is committing crimes against humanity. We've we've identified crimes against humanity. Biden spoke in Poland. He said that, you know, uh, Russia's committing crimes against humanity. But then again, Chris Cuomo kind of just exposed the crimes against humanity that Ukraine is committing at this very moment, but tried to turn it into like a sob story. Take a look at this. And you go from the people who are being victimized to the effect that that has on not just the warrior class of Ukraine, but the kids who have made a decision, 15, 16, 17, to put away their dreams and have only a single purpose of defending their country. We Did they choose to serve their country or were they rounded up by the hundred and by the thousand as their mothers tried to save them from the SBU agents who were going to their homes and rounding them up one by one? This is the most sick, twisted, disgusting thing I've ever seen on the news. And, uh, you know, I, I never really cared about CNN firing Chris Cuomo. But after watching this, I'm very happy they did. We went to an academy of where these teenagers, just like mine, I got a 17 year old at home. I could never imagine him making the decision that these kids had to make. And I wanted you to hear from them. 16 and 17 year old girl and boy who've decided that all dreams are deferred until they can rescue their their country. Take a listen to them. What does it mean? Now, look, I'm not going to play this. You can watch it on your own if you'd like. Uh, Chris Cuomo goes on to have a mental breakdown. He cries on the news again. Look, I have no there's there's times in which I feel like you, you're allowed to cry as a man. Uh, weddings, funerals, uh, you know, deaths of, of close ones, loved ones. Um, I'm sure there's more off the top of my head I'm not thinking of, but you know, Chris Cuomo cries a lot. And that happens when you have testosterone levels that are far lower than they should be. And, um, 
even still, despite the fact that he has such startlingly low levels of testosterone that he finds himself crying on, you know, national news almost on a nightly basis, that still is not the biggest of Chris Cuomo's personal problems. I would say at this moment in time, one of Chris Cuomo's largest issues is that he finds it okay to not only, you know, boast about the quote-unquote bravery of 15, 16, and 17-year-old children being sent to war, but he's actually tried to turn it into a propagandistic sob story about how brave these kids are when we have countless videos showing that mothers are trying to stop their children from being rounded up and sent to the front of Bakhmut, where they have a four-hour life expectancy fighting against the Russians. I'd say that's probably one of Chris Cuomo's biggest problems right now, but who am I to judge? So, in short, no faith in our government, and I think uh, the accumulation, the compilation of videos I just and stories I just put together for you uh, pretty much show that to be an undeniable truth. All right. So before we get into Putin's speech, I want to say uh, thank you to our first sponsor for today's stream. And uh, that is the one, the only Birch Gold. We're going to get into Putin's speech in one moment. Compilation. But I got to say thank you so much to Birch Gold for supporting us when YouTube has permanently demonetized my channel. So if you're watching right now on YouTube or Rumble, just scroll down to this link in the description where it says birchgold.com forward slash Jackson. Every person who clicks on that link, you know, it reflects well on the show and it honestly will reflect well on, um, you know, your, your future, your, your bank account. I'm not a financial advisor, but I do think that you should consider talking to my friends at Birch Gold using that link in the live chat or in the description right now. It's again, birchgold.com forward slash Jackson. Go check them out because Birch Gold is doing something that no one else is doing. They're helping you invest in gold and in silver at a time when, you know, we've got a lot of economic problems here in the West. That's why Russia and China are buying up more gold than any other country on the face of the planet. Uh, go they're going to help you at Birch Gold invest in gold and silver and an IRA or a 401k. And honestly, this stuff just makes sense. They're going to be doing this in a tax-free account. It's a little-known IRS loophole that Birch Gold are experts in helping people out in. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They work with myself. They work with Ron Paul and a ton of other great um you know, political analysts and leaders and stuff like that. Uh, so if you are concerned about where the economy is headed, uh, you know, you're concerned about, you know, inflation, stock market crashes, uh, economic crises, energy crises, now's probably the time to go click that link and talk to my friends at Birch Gold, because let's, let's be honest here, um, gold has stood the test of time. 5,000 plus years, you look at any number of issues that have uh, faced humanity, uh, stock market crashes, famine, uh, plagues, uh, whatever gold has stood the test of time. So go click that link in the live chat and, um, and check out birchgold.com forward slash Jackson. And we are going to get into the Putin speech, but I'll be back one, one, one second, one second, drop a like while I'm gone and get, let's get some Z's in the chat and then we'll start the Putin segment. All right. So I told you it was going to be one second. I told you it was going to be one second. So let's get into it. Um, Putin, 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 Putin. All right. The Z's in the chat look great. 
Those Z's in the chat look great. We do have the best. We do have the best community here on YouTube. Okay, so let's uh, let's take a look at this. So, doo -doo -doo -doo. all right. So today, history was made on nearly the one-year anniversary of the uh, Russian launch of the of their special military operation. Putin gave his annual Federal Assembly speech, okay? And in this speech, he discussed a lot of different things. He discussed the state of the Russian economy. He discussed the state of the Russian special military operation. He thanked as many people as he could who have uh, stood up for Russia and stood up for sovereign nations across the globe and in, in contributing to this special military operation effort. He discussed the efforts of his own administration over the years to lift Russia, and I would say successfully so, from its knees at a point in which Russia was very weak when he initially entered off the office of the presidency. And um, most notably today in making this uh, historic speech, he, he issued three uh, pretty profound statements. He talked about uh, the conditions for widening the operation in Ukraine. Uh, the Russian president issued the warning after the West pledged to supply Kiev with more lethal arms. He said the West is using Ukraine as both a battering ram against Russia and as a training ground. Uh, one thing must be clear to everyone. The longer the range of Western systems that arrive in Ukraine, the further we will be forced to push the threat away from our borders. It's obvious. And of course, just after the speech took place, we saw news that more Western nations were considering and supporting the idea of sending longer range missiles into uh, Ukraine. Putin also came out with statements on the U.S. dollar losing global dominance. This is a no brainer, of course. Um, he talked about uh, in addition to the dollar losing global do dominance, uh, you know, historic values of American culture losing dominance in the United States itself. And most notably, he talked about Russia suspending the last nuclear treaty with the United States. President Vladimir Putin has announced the country's temporary withdrawal from the New START treaty. So Moscow is suspending its participation, not ending it, but suspending it. Those were the words of Putin. In the last remaining nuclear treaty between Russia and the United States, President Vladimir Putin has announced this during his key address to the Russian parliament on Tuesday, and he noted that Moscow will not exit the New START treaty, but is temporarily withdrawing. Okay. In addition to that, he said that, uh, well, you know, we're not going to be doing new nuclear testing, but if the West, if the United States does, then we will follow in suit. We're going to watch a few of the key clips from his uh, speech today, and we will be breaking them down. These are just a few. I encourage you to watch the full speech as it was incredibly illuminating. Okay. So first and foremost, this is the one that I saw going, um, you know, on the rounds the most on social media today. Uh, here we have Ian Miles Chong who shared it on his Twitter account. He said, Putin gave a speech today and dedicated part of it to the culture war, including the destruction of culture, history, churches, and religious institutions, nuclear families, the normalization of, uh, pedophilia and the tran the transing of children. Do you agree with his remarks is the question. Take a listen. Is this a bit? Actually, we're going to listen to it in English. Let me see which one it is here. Stand by. What they have at stake is trillions of dollars. Not that one. Because this is now about the very existence of our country. But they cannot... 
they cannot ignore the fact that Russia cannot be defeated on the battlefield. So they're waging increasingly aggressive information attacks, first of all targeting the young generations, lying on every step, distorting historical truth, attacking our culture, the Russian Orthodox Church, and uh, other traditional religious institutions in our country. Now look at what they're doing with their own peoples. They're destroying the institution of family, their cultural and historical identity, and uh, various perversions with regard to children up to pedophilia are accepted as uh, the new norm. And priests are forced to recognize and officiate same-sex weddings. People can live however they want, and uh, we in Russia have uh, never intruded into people's private life, and we're not going to do that. But what we want to say is maybe they should take a look in the scripture, into the holy book of any great religion. It says that the family is a union between woman and man. And uh, these holy texts are now being increasingly doubted in the West. The uh, Anglican Church is now considering the idea of a gender-neutral God. What can we say? God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Millions of people in the West realize that they're being led towards a spiritual catastrophe. People are going mad, and this does not seem to be treatable. But this is their problems, and it is our duty to protect our children, and it's something that we are going to do, to protect them from degradation. It is obvious that the West will be trying to shatter our unity and to su and support uh, traitors who despise their native land and who want to have a profit on their countries on their country's troubles those who choose the path of traitorship who carry out terrorist attacks against our country, who undermine the security and uh, unity and integrity of our country, are being supported by the Kiev regime, but we're not going to engage in witch hunts. We're not going to exact revenge on those uh, who took the wrong step, who made the wrong choice. What's most important is that Russian people give a moral assessment to those actions. And we're very proud that our multinational people, that our multinational people and the majority of Russian citizens have adopted a principled position with regard to the special military operation. So, first things first here. Um, 
I, I heard people today, you know, I was supposed to be at, some of you may have seen at 2 p.m. Pacific, I was supposed to be on a Twitter space debate or conversation panel uh, with Mario Nafal. I don't know how to say his last name, but I think it's like, that's close enough. Mario Nafal. And, and look, this guy is a big Ukraine supporter. He always has the big Ukraine supporters on his stuff. But, you know, he, he sometimes has like Kim.com on his Twitter spaces. He's, he's got the biggest Twitter spaces on the platform. And there was like seven, 8,000 people listening today. Which, you know, it's like good for him. It's about, it's, you know, roughly close to what we get here between YouTube and Rumble. So I was like, this is probably a, a very big audience of people that have never heard the truth about Ukraine or Russia before. So I was very happy to join the conversation. And you know what this fucker did? He's like, oh, join it too. So I'm, I, I, I literally, I was getting my hair cut today. I hope it looks nice. And my, my barber, he always, he always does the, the shampoo and conditioner he does it up all like nice and stuff. And then it smells good for the day. And, and, you know, I enjoy, I, I enjoy beer with him. And he's like, he's like, you want it? He's like, you, you want, you want the, all that stuff today? And I was like, I was like, look, I've got a, I've got something I got to go to. I've got this Twitter. Uh, I didn't say that, but I was like, I've got some, I can't today. And then I skip all that, all that amazing stuff. You know, I, I still tip him normally. I still, you know, cause I don't want him, I don't want him to give me a bad cut next time I go in. And and then this fucker has the audacity. He sends me the link to join the Twitter space and he never lets me in. He never lets me in. And you know who he let in instead of me? He let an employee of the World Bank and working for the Ukrainian government speak for almost like two hours. He lets the Georgian Legion, which are literal terrorists. They, I don't know why they still have a Twitter account, but they still have a Twitter account. The Georgian Legion, you know, the guys that uh, took Russian POWs and shot them in the knees and watched them bleed out. Uh, he, he allowed the, the Georgian Legion to enter the space and speak for about two hours, but he didn't let me speak. And I was like, you know, it's bad enough that you did that. But the thing that pisses me off the most is that these people are not going to get to hear the truth. Okay. And I think that's what he wanted. Okay. But, uh, you know, in this Twitter space, he was talking about that part of Putin's speech. Mario was, and he's like, well, you know, he talks like that. He's like, well, you know, um, Putin is clearly appealing to the MAGA base in the United States. He's trying to appeal to the conservative, uh, you know, traditional base. And I'm like, I, I, I just I can't say what I wanted to do to Mario at that very moment when he said that, because the fact of the matter is, if you know anyone from Russia, you know that that's just that's just normal. That's just how the people are there. It's not like he's trying to appeal to any. He literally says in that in, in that at the start of it, he says, you know, um, they're trying to tear Russia apart by inflicting this ideology on us. And they're trying, they're targeting the youth with all this stuff. It's not controversial. He's like, they're targeting the youth with, with uh, pedophilia and they're targeting the youth with this crazy sexualization, transition, transitioning, you know, they're tar they're targeting the youth with all this stuff. He's like, they're saying that the, the God, God, you know, the Holy Father is going to be uh, gender non-conforming now, the Church of England, you know? And it's like, this is not controversial. And he's like, well, he's clearly doing this to appeal to the MAGA base. It's like, no, if you're a good human, you should just, if, if you're a good human, you, you know, you should just innately agree with what Putin said there. It's not like he's appealing to anybody. It's just, it's just about appealing to, I guess, rationality, logic, <laughs> tradition, history. I don't know good people. And then, and then he, and he, you know, he wraps up the statement by saying like, you know, that, but that, that's the fact that they are spiraling out of control in the West. That's their problem. That's not our problem. That's their problem. 
but we're going to protect our unity here. So I just couldn't believe that he said that people said that they're like, oh, he's appealing. He's just trying to appeal to the mog. It's like, no, he's just being normal. Okay. Anyway, so I, I also liked this clip. This clip was from the start. It was the first minute, one minute, 34 seconds of Putin's speech. And he discusses the rationale behind the SMO. You know, we've heard him discuss this many times on many occasions, but um, I do think it's worth sharing this because I just had a big debate with Michael Tracy about such um, developments and claims that Putin has made. You know, I say that supporting Russia is anti-war just in the same way that supporting my grandfathers who fought in World War II against Nazis was you could still be anti-war. Anti-war doesn't equate to pacifism. Anti-war means you oppose war, you want war to come to an end, but you recognize that sometimes things are worth defending. So take a look at this clip right here. I think it's brilliant. In the meantime, and you are well aware, we did everything we could, absolutely everything we could to resolve this problem peacefully. We've been involved in negotiations on finding peaceful resolution to this difficult conflict, but behind our backs, they were preparing a different scenario. The promises by the Western leaders their words about aspirations for peace in the Donbass. As we have seen now, it was all lies. They were just trying to win time. They were turning a blind eye on the political assassinations, on reprisals of the Kyiv regime, on tortures, on the believers. They were encouraging more and more the Ukrainian neo-Nazis on terrorist attacks against Donbass. In Western academies and colleges, they were trained Neo-Nazi battalions, personnel, they were supplying weapons, and I would like to emphasize it, even before the special military operation, the Kiev was negotiating with the West about air defense, about combat planes and other heavy equipment and vehicles, and we also remember about attempts by the Kiev regime to acquire nuclear weapons, and they were stating it publicly. The United States and NATO were promptly deploying their troops and army bases, secret biolabs near our borders, they were maneuvering and learning about the future theater of war and they were preparing enslaved by them ukraine to the big war and now they are admitting it publicly openly it's as if they are proud of their treacherous behavior and they I'm not gonna lie though it did piss me off his tie got fucked up right like it must have been right before he went out like someone should have checked his fucking tie or something recalling normandy format bluff as performance and all this time while donbass was on fire while the blood was spilled while russia was sincerely i would like to emphasize this sincerely was looking for a peaceful resolution they were playing with the lives of the people they were cheating in this game of cards and these disgusting methods was tried out before they played the same double game before when they destroyed yugoslavia iraq libya syria and they will never wash away this shame. The notions of dignity, of honor, is not something they understand. It's not for them. For long years of colonialism, dictate, hegemony, they are used to the notion that they can do anything. They don't care about the world. And in the same manner, like masters, they treat the peoples of their own countries because they have been lying to them as well by the stories they were telling them about how they were looking for peace, how they were sticking to the Security Council resolutions on, Bas on Donbass. The peoples of the West are now used as a tool of lies. And we firmly stand not only for our own interests, but for our position that is signifying that in the modern world, we should not divide the planet into civilization countries, civiliz civilized countries and others. 
So I, I 100% agree with everything that Putin said just there. And I mean, that was the point I was trying to make to um, um, Michael Tracy, who I think has been sitting, he's for so long, Michael Tracy has been sitting on the fence about the war in Ukraine, that uh, a single fence post seems to have rammed its way up his ass and lobotomized his brain. Um, because, you know, he was saying that, well, you know, we shouldn't be supporting Russia and supporting Russia is not anti-war. It's like, well, what, what, did, what did you want them to do? What did you want them to you just roll over and, you know, like be like, oh, we're going to turn into Syria now. Roll over and we're going to turn into Libya now. Roll over. We're going to turn into Yugoslavia now. The fuck do you want them to do, Michael? Oh, supporting Russia. You're pro-war. You're pro. No, no. You're saying, I want an end to the hostilities. We tried peace. We tried the Minsk agreement. We tried Minsk too. We tried various peace proposals throughout the war. Hell, Putin at the start of his presidency tried to join Russia into the EU and into NATO. He was denied. They wanted peace. They don't want war. They don't want 15,000 civilians in the Donbass to be slaughtered. They didn't want a coup in 2004 in the Orange Revolution. They don't want a coup in the Maidan, coup, the Maidan Revolution. They don't want any of that. They want peace, Michael the fuck do you mean you want them to just roll over and take it take it up the ass nato roll right in and destroy their country because that's what they want you can look back at the cia leaked cables from wikileaks william burns saying like we're gonna create a civil war on russia's border draw them in and then try to create uh you know the the conditions for regime change in russia it's failed it's failed because russia said i guess we're gonna have to take matters into our own hands so anyways, this is another great clip from the speech today I want to share with you. And the opportunity to continue to steal from everyone, hiding behind the words about freedom and democracy by imposing totalitarian values that they call liberal, putting labels on entire countries and peoples by publicly insulting their leaders. They are suppressing freedom of thought in their own countries. They try to distract their own people from the corruption scandals. Because we can all see it on the screens, on television, from growing inner social, international, and other kind of problems. Back in the 1930s, they led the way for Nazis to take power in Germany. And in our time, they started building anti-Russia from Ukraine. It's not nothing new. People who know a little bit of history, they are perfectly aware of what's going on. It can be traced back to the 19th century. It was happening in Austria-Hungary, in Poland, and in other countries with the only goal to take away these historic territories that are now called Ukraine from our country. That was their goal. There is nothing new about it. Absolutely nothing. They are just repeating old ways. The West expedited the implementation of this project. They supported the coup in 2014. It was a bloody coup, anti-state coup, anti-constitutional coup. And it's like nothing happened, like it's a normal way of things. They even informed everyone how much money they spend on this. So, a little bit more there. That was good. Now, this is the part that really blew the minds of liberals all across the world. And honestly, um, you know, I, I, I just find this all, I find the liberal reaction to everything Russia-related just like, so predictable but also hilarious it's like um 
I don't, Ukraine lost its sovereignty in 2014. Since then, it's just been like a Western vassal. It's not a real country at all. It hasn't been since 2014. But I mean, let's just look at the truth here. So um, I, I say I say it's predictable and funny at the same time because of stuff like this, you know. So Putin announced at the end of his speech that he would be withdrawing. And we're going to watch it in a second because this part is absolutely incredible. He said that Russia is going to be suspending, not ending its participation, but suspending. I think it's an effective end, but we'll see. Uh, suspending its participation in START, the START Treaty. Um, which, you know, he, uh, the West will claim that, you know, Putin withdrawing from start is destroying the international security system. Oh my God. But they never will admit that their refusal to implement the Minsk one and two agreements or the various Russian peace proposals landed us in this very situation. Okay. And they boast about the fact that they did this. They boast about the fact that they ended those, they nuked those peace deals. They refused to implement, uh, uh, Minsk and Minsk two. Uh, and then also you have stuff like this, you know, two days ago, build, uh, one of the largest news outlets in Germany said Putin no longer has nuclear bombs. According to, uh, this former KGB agent, for sure, Putin no longer has nuclear bombs. So they ran with this story. They were the country with the largest, uh, nuclear fleet. Uh, nuclear arsenal, rather, out of any country on the globe, a former KGB agent says Putin no longer has nuclear bombs. So two days ago, Bild reported that Putin no longer has nuclear bombs. Now, everybody and their brother in the liberal press, Bild included, is freaking out because Putin withdrew from the START treaty and said that, well, if the United States begins to resume nuclear weapons testing, then Russia will be happy and ready to do the same as well. So, um, I guess I guess they lied about Putin not having nuclear bombs because now they're quite freaked out that Putin if you if Putin if Putin doesn't have nuclear bombs why is he withdrawing from the why are you freaking out that he's withdrawing from the Star Treaty? Take a look, take a look. History in the making. We cannot not take it into consideration, especially today. Like the first agreement about strategic offensive weapons was initially signed by the Soviet Union and the United States in a different situation when we were strengthening mutual trust and escalating the situation in the future our relations reached such a level where Russia and the United States claimed they they don't consider each other a foe an enemy great that was good and the current agreement from 2010 contains important aspects about the indivisibility of security, about the direct connection between strategic offensive and defensive weapons. All of this is long forgotten. The United States withdrew from the agreement. It's now a thing of the past. Our relations, which is important, have degraded, have decreased. And it's something of the United States doing. It is them, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, started reconsidering the outcomes of the World War II, building the world American way, where there is only one master, one lord. And they started flagrantly destroying all the foundations of the world order to cancel out the legacy of Yalta and Potsdam, step by step, they started changing the world order, dismantling the system of security and arms control. They have planned and implemented a number of wars across the world with the only goal in mind to 
destroy the international relations architecture that was created after World War II. It's not just a matter of speaking. That's how it's happening in practice. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, they want to become a dominating force forever without taking into consideration the interests of the modern Russia and the interests of other countries for that matter as well. Yes, the situation after 1945 has changed. There are new, quickly growing centers of development and of influence. It is only natural, it's an objective process that cannot be ignored. But what is impossible is that the United States started changing the world order just only to suit themselves, only in their own selfish interests. And now via NATO representatives, they are sending signals, basically they are sending ultimatums that you, Russia, should adhere to everything we have agreed upon, including the START treaty without any misgivings. And we will do whatever we want. There is no link between the issue of the treaty and the conflict in Ukraine or other hostile activities of the West against our country. And there are no... And there are statements that they want to achieve the strategic defeat of us. So either they are very cynical or they are very stupid, but they are not fools after all. They want to defeat us and they want to inspect our military science. And in this regard, I have to say that Russia is stopping its participation in the treaty about strategic offensive weapons. Round of applause from the audience there. Round of applause. Big round of applause. And, and, you know, I'll say this. I'll say that it's like, why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? Has the West ever shown an ounce, an ounce of respect to any treaty, agreement, promise that they've made towards Russia or the former Soviet Union? No. No. So why should Russia continue to presumably cuck itself you know if the west isn't if the west isn't adhering to these agreements they shouldn't they shouldn't it would be a cuck bitch move if they didn't so there you go you're not dealing with a cuck bitch you're dealing with putin i don't know what you expected I will reiterate once again, it does not, we, we do not withdraw from the treaty, but we are putting it on hold. But before we go back to discussing this matter, we need to understand first, what do such countries from North Atlantic Alliance as France and the United Kingdom want? And how can we consider their strategic arsenal? which is offensive part of the offensive potential of the alliance. With their statement, they say that they want to be a part of the process. Thank God, we do not mind it. But don't try to lie to everyone again, to show that you want peace, that you want detente. We know that some of the nuclear weapons are almost out of their term 
And we are perfectly aware that some of the officials there, they think about testing their nuclear weapons, considering that the United States, they are developing new types of the nuclear armaments. We have such information. And in this situation, the Defense Ministry and Rosatom should also prepare to test Russian nuclear weapons. Of course, we are not going to be the first ones to do this, but if the United States will hold their tests, we will follow the suit. No. So there you have it. Putin makes history with uh, suspending the final nuclear treaty with the United States. And um, I will say that, uh, well, I think that uh, this is extremely based and I think that uh, it never should have happened. But I mean, given the situation we're in, it's a base move from Putin. So um, I wish no, I wish Putin didn't have to do this. I wish Putin didn't have to do the SMO or any of this stuff. But like, let's just be real here. Um, clearly, the the effort and the strategy of establishing good rapport with our Western neighbors and and just counting on their their sheer goodwill and and their and their word, you know, taking them at their word, it, it that has failed as a strategy. It failed for Syria. It failed for Iraq. It failed for Afghanistan. It failed for China, it failed for Russia, it failed for, um, you, you name the country, right? Throw a dart at a map and you're going to find a country that it has failed for. Time to take matters into your own hands. Global population, leadership, whatever. Time to take matters into your own hands. And Putin is doing it in Russia. And it's very unfortunate because, um, well, we have such a deranged, uh, is, um, you know, group of leaders in the United States that I fear that this will likely spiral out of control. Uh, you have people still today saying like, oh, you know, World War Three, I think it's very, very rare that we'll get to World War Three. It's like, no, I don't think that's all that rare. I mean, Zelensky came out just this week and said, if China officially allies with Russia, then World War Three will start. I don't know. I don't know who's going to break the news to Good old Vladimir Zelensky, but China already is allied with Russia. <laughs> and their relations are rock solid, as the Chinese foreign ministry just said this week. So um, World War Three is afoot. We're currently in the Sitzkrieg, the war before the war. And things will get worse before they get better. That is, if they ever get better again. Because nuclear Armageddon and mutually assured destruction is still on the table. All right. All right. Hey, look, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we've got time for maybe one or two more stories. Before we do, I want to say thank you to our second partner for today's stream, and that is uh, that is American Financing. So thank you so much to American Financing for supporting the show. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, I highly encourage you to do so. And you can do so by scrolling down right here and clicking on this link, AmericanFinancing.net forward slash Jackson, or by calling 888-976-5555. Okay, again, the link and the uh, phone number is in the description of our streams on Rumble and on YouTube. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about American Financing. They're a great company, and I'm very uh, pleased to have their support. Um, they, they also don't just support me. They support Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, and they have for quite a while. Uh, American Financing is a family-owned mortgage lender. They have, li they have licensed in all 50 states and have helped thousands of people with home loans. Uh, that's uh, 
well, they're, they're more helpful for the U.S. economy and the American population than the entire Biden administration combined. They have, uh, that's not a high bar. They have been in business for over 20 years, so they know what they're doing and their Google reviews show it. They've got thousands of amazing five-star reviews. And uh, basically, unlike the big banks, they don't see you as just an account number. So American financing employs salary-based mortgage consultants, which means they have no incentive to put you into a loan that does not make sense, okay? Because their, their income is not tied to, uh, you know, trying to be predatory. Their mission is to save you money. They don't ask for upfront fees and there's no obligation to get started. So if you're a homeowner, and you need help with your monthly bills, American Financing's Cash Out Refinance can help you. They're saving homeowners just like you an average of $700 a month. That's a lot right now. That could get you a whole carton of eggs. Um, so call their salary-based mortgage consultants today. Again, I'll give you the number and uh, get started on your road to financial freedom. Tell them I sent you. The number is 888-976-5555. That's 888-976-5555. And I will send the link one more time for all of you in the live chat on YouTube and Rumble right now. Go check out American Financing today. They are the best in the business. There you go. There you go. Okay. And uh, shout out American Financing. They're the best. And let's get into our maybe second to last or last story for today. Again, I momentarily am going to be doing a sound check and a video check for Soloviev Live. I'm going to be on Vladimir Soloviev's show. If you don't know him, it's this guy right here, most famous news show, talk show in Russia. Uh, I'm going to be doing a 20, 25 minute interview on Soloviev Live. So if you are in a country or a place where you can watch it, be sure to tune in at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. If I'm correct with my numbers, I believe that's 8.30 a.m. Moscow time. So check it out. Check it out. I'll be there very soon, okay? So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to this right here. What do we think? Can we get some W's in the chat for Putin's speech? Do we like it? Do we like it? W or L? W or L? W or L, everybody. I say W's in the chat for Putin's speech. I say it was a W. Let's see it in the chat. What do we think? What do we think? Let's see it in the chat. Uh, do I have a link for the for the show? I don't know if they'll, they'll pro they might send me a link. I don't know. Okay, I see W's in the chat. W's in the chat for Putin's speech. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's move into our next story. We're gonna be talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Lots of W's. Lots of W's. I will say it was so great meeting everyone at the, the Rage Against the War Machine rally event. I mean, I met like everyone in person. Scott Horton. Uh, I saw Tulsi there. That was good to see her. Um, I haven't seen her in a while. Like, like a whole girlfriend to go. Ex-girlfriend to go. Um, we saw, I saw uh, Jill, Jill Stein, uh, Kim Iverson, Craig Jardula, Jimmy Dore, of course. So I see him all the time, though. Not, not to take away from Jimmy. I love Jimmy. Um, Max Blumenthal on your parm pill. Uh, you know, lots of other people who I'm not sure if they want to be named, but great people I met there um, who are not public faces. And Kim Iverson, uh, lots of people. It was great. It was great. So anyways, let's get into our next story. Joe Biden. 
So Joe Biden just gave a speech in Warsaw, and this comes after he uh, had just visited the. Actually, let me let me restart this. Story. I got to do one more thing here. I got to do one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. You guys, I lost my wallet yesterday. I'm so mad at myself. I'm that person though. I always lose shit like that. So, anyways, let's restart the story. I got to throw this in there too. So, um. Yeah, Ron Paul. I got to see Ron Paul, Dennis Kucinich. Um, yeah. So, Joe Biden just spoke in Warsaw, Poland. It was a very solemn address, as, you're, as you'll see in this uh, video I'm about to show you. Um, but, you know, he spoke, he went to Kiev, Ukraine, then he went to Warsaw, Poland. And I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a political strategist. I'm just a, I'm just a YouTuber, 23 year old YouTuber. But if I was a political strategist for the Democratic Party, it would not be my first suggestion to tell Joe Biden to go on a little uh, Eastern European tour through Kiev and Warsaw as you're promising to send them hundreds of millions of more dollars worth of munition and artillery as you still haven't visited East Palestine, Ohio, and you still haven't approved, as of today, uh, national emergency funding uh, in the face of the massive uh, chemical environmental health crisis that's underway after there was that chemical train that um, collapsed on, it was a train derailment, and then they did like a controlled burn of the chemicals. They, you, can't, you can't do a controlled burn of chemicals in a residential town. So, wouldn't be my first suggestion to tell Joe Biden to go to Kiev before he visits East Palestine. And let me just show you this because the residents of East Palestine didn't think so either. Take a look. Uh, this this is the forgotten part of America. Of course, you know, you look at the videos of East Palestine and it's a bunch of, you know, white middle class and, and um, lower class people. And these are the people that we're supposed to hate. Right. The, the Democratic Party tells us uh, that we have to hate these people. These are the racists. These are the KKK. This is, you know, the Klan. These are the bad people. They're all racist. They're all misogynist. They're all anti-LGBTQ. So you have to hate them. They're Nazis. They're white supremacists. Okay, so that's why. That's really why this is happening. Okay, if this, if this event, if this, you know, train derailment and a controlled burn took place in Washington D.C., it would all be clear. There probably a wouldn't have been a controlled burn because that's absolutely fucking retarded. Second of all, they wouldn't have. They would have already cleaned it up. They would have approved national funding to address this crisis because it's in Washington D.C. But East Palestine, white supremacists supremacists, Nazis, KKK. So we, we it's actually our duty as Democratic uh, Party officials to ignore them. You know, yeah, I think I think he has to prove himself to you. And, and Mayor, before we let you go, you saw President Joe Biden over in Ukraine. Uh, did that make you feel uh, slighted in any way? I mean, he hasn't really. Can he not hear me? I got well, straight. Me, he let, asked, let me, to, uh, you know, before we go. I can repeat, he said, with the president being in U Ukraine today, you know, did that surprise you? Absolutely. That was the biggest slap in the face. That tells you right now he doesn't care about us. So Agreed. Uh, he can send every agency he wants to. But uh, I found that out this morning in one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there, not to us. And I'm furious. On so, President's Day in our yeah, country. Yeah, President's Day in our country. He's, he's uh, over in Ukraine. So that tells you what kind of guy he is. All right. Well, listen, you two hang in there. Please let us know if we can do anything.
Uh, great, great segment there by Jesse Waters on Fox News. And look, um, Joe Biden made a very solemn address at uh, in Warsaw, Poland today, almost the one year anniversary of the start of the Russian special military operation in Ukraine. And it was so solemn, you know, he walked out with this very solemn music. Um, again, his strategists just have the best choice for music. You know, it's like the one year anniversary after you know, he's saying all this death and destruction. So, of course, they had him walk out with this very appropriate song, as you can see here. Take, take a look. What the fuck is that song? What are you doing? Okay, he's got the worst PR people on the play, the worst strategists on the play. You you really chose to walk out to that song? I guess Donald Trump already took the YMCA song, so he couldn't use that on his very solemn address. Uh, anyway, so he uh, he had some thoughts about the war in Ukraine. Let's see what good old Biden had to say. One year ago, the world was bracing for the fall of Kiev. Well, I just come from a visit to Kiev, and I can report Kiev stands strong. Kiev stands strong. But does the other 100,000 square kilometers that Russia has liberated still stand strong, Mr. Biden? Does it? Kiev stands proud. What about Zaporozhia or Bakhmut or Mariupol, Mr. Biden? It stands tall, and most important, it stands free. And most importantly, it stands free under the, under the incredible leadership of my good friend, George Soros. He's doing a great job over there at the Open Society Foundation. Where's Jackie anyways? Where is she? I heard she might be in Kiev. I didn't see her there. So Biden also had some comments about Russian forces. Let's see this. For free people refuse to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. You know, this has been an extraordinary year in every sense. Extraordinary brutality from Russian forces and mercenaries. Extraordinary brutality. Extraordinary brutality. They I, I don't fall him for being creative, making up words. I, I kind of respect it. Committed depravities, crimes against humanity, without shame or compunction. Crimes against humanity without shame or compunction. Is he talking about Russia or is he talking about Ukraine? Like the Ukrainian soldiers who buried their own men alive for trying to, uh, you know, go uh, MIA or the Ukrainian soldiers who took in Russian POWs, shot them in the knee or just killed about like 20 plus of them by shooting them from point blank range. Or maybe the Ukrainian soldiers who sprayed antiseptic dye in the faces of Ukrainian civilians they claim to be. Uh, saboteurs of the Russians as they tied them to lampposts and tree posts. Or maybe he's talking about the Ukrainian authorities, the SBU authorities, who are rounding up 15, 16, and 17-year-old boys and girls and sending them to the front in Bakhmut, where they have a life expectancy of about four hours. No, he's talking about the Russians? Oh, my mistake. They've targeted civilians with death and destruction, used rape as a weapon of war, Stolen Ukrainian children in an attempt to in an attempt to steal Ukraine. No, 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 Joe. I saw Chris Cuomo's segment on this, and I know full well and certain 
that the SBU authorities are the ones who stole Ukrainian children from their mother's arms uh, as they, you know, rounded them up to send them to the front. But let's see, you know, maybe he got that wrong. Let's see what else he has to say here. Let's see what else uh, Uncle Joe has to say about what's going on right now. Uh, Biden also commented on uh, Article 5. Article 5, well, Article 5 doesn't apply to non-NATO members, so let's, uh, I'm, let, I'm just curious. Let's, let's give this one a go. The United States, together with our allies and partners, are going to continue to have Ukraine's back as it defends itself. Next year, I will host every member of NATO for our 2024 summit in the United States. Together, we'll celebrate the 75th anniversary of the strongest defensive alliance in the history of the world, NATO. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, Considering that Russia and China basically have a defensive alliance at this point, uh, I would say that they probably have the strongest defensive alliance in the world because uh, they actually do have a defensive alliance against terrorism. I know that for certain uh, with many Central and Southern Asian nations. And uh, I mean, you take the largest economy in the world, uh, China, with one of the largest populations in the world, China, and you couple that with the one of the largest, you know, commodities holding nations in the world, Russia, with the largest landmass in the world, Russia, uh, both of which have some of the largest militaries in the world and the most equipped and uh, well-experienced militaries in the world. Uh, you know, I would say that they're probably the strongest, but we'll let Joe Biden have his moment. And let there be no doubt the commitment of the United States to our NATO alliance and Article 5 is rock solid. And every member of NATO knows it, and Russia knows it as well. An attack against one is attack against all. Again, I'm just curious because Ukraine is not a member of NATO, therefore Article 5 doesn't apply to them. Here's the closing of Joe Biden's speech talking about freedom, 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 freedom. freedom. There freedom. is no sweeter word than freedom. freedom. There is no nobler goal than freedom. There's no higher aspiration than freedom. Americans know that and you know it. And all that we do now must be done so our children and grandchildren will know it as well. Freedom. The enemy of the tyrant and the hope of the brave and the truth of the ages. Freedom. Stand with us. We will stand with you. Let us move forward with faith and conviction and with an abiding commitment to be allies, not of darkness, but of light. Not of oppression, but of liberation. Not of captivity, but yes, of freedom. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. And may God bless the heroes of Ukraine and all those who defend freedom around the world. So close. So close. So, and all those that... And all those who defend freedom around... Really close. You know, I was about to say that that was actually a great, you know, if he wasn't out here simping and, you know, um, persuading support for like the most undemocratic, unfree, corrupt, disgusting, Nazi-loving uh, government in the world, that being Ukraine, I'd say that's actually a pretty good ending to the speech. Like, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But we got close to saying I, I thought it was pretty good, but you came up a little bit short there at the end. Very close, though, Joe. Very close. Okay. So anyways, that was Joe Biden's speech in Warsaw. Um, 
Let's just play the intro music one more time. I I I like that song. <laughs> freedom, freedom. Yeah. That music still doesn't uh, make me forget that there's 150,000 dead Ukrainians that uh, were alive and well just a year ago. So anyways, on that note, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going uh, live in about 35 minutes on Soloviev Live with Vladimir Soloviev. Uh, I hope you catch it. Um, if not, I'll try to have a link or something and I'll send in our telegram. If you're not in our telegram, join right now using the link that I'm going to send. Okay. So if I do get a link, I'll send it here. Uh, if I don't get it right now, I'll probably send it tomorrow. I'll probably get like a recording of it tomorrow. So there's the link to it in the live chat right now. Thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed to my channel yet, be sure to subscribe the best channel on all of YouTube, of course. And I will see you all tomorrow. If you'd like to support my show, um, you know, help cover, cover travel expenses for when I was in D.C. and speaking at the anti-war rally, all that stuff. Uh, YouTube has permanently demonetized my account. So I would greatly appreciate any support. You can do that by donating on my locals, my Patreon or my gifts and go, which you can find linked below in the description of this live stream on Rumble and on YouTube and on every single video I post. So thank you to those of you that support the show. Thank you to everyone who tuned in, share our videos, all that stuff. I will catch you next time. Let's get some Z's in the chat on this historic day. Vladimir Putin's Federal Assembly speech. Russia has officially suspended its participation in the START Treaty. We are officially in a new nuclear and Cold War era, everybody. It has officially begun. And on that note, I would like to say thank you to all of you for uh, for watching tonight. As always, I have to end off by saying fuck Dick Cheney. I'll see you all next time. Let's get some Z's in the chat. Z's in the chat. Let's go. Z's in the chat. I want to see the Z's flying in the chat. Let's go. Let's see it. I'll catch you all next time, everybody. Peace out. Have a great rest of your night. Until tomorrow. Peace out.